Hallelujah. I'm going to let the classes be dismissed. We've got a baby's dedication, a lot of things going on. I'm going to teach this lesson. They're going to come back, and we're going to come back in about 1130, 1135. And amen, and we'll pick up from there. How about that? Will that be all right? So if you don't mind, just be seated. We'll let our classes go. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't have a protocol. I didn't hand you a card. We ain't got to go by the card. Hallelujah. What they want to please in this house is the Holy Ghost and the work of God and the hand of the Lord. Amen. Make sure uh, Sunday school teachers. Um, anyway, Sister Judy, make sure you get with Brother Nathan or somebody. So if something happens or you happen to see, uh, make contact with one of our men. Uh, we will be in and out and, and looking and, and things of that nature. I'm going to just keep on top of this with all the others been going on. Hallelujah. We have a real revival, folks. <laughs> Why do you think we got the devil so stirred up? Hallelujah. But we're locked in. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're locked in. We, we, we got our minds made up. We, we, we're anchored. We're settled in this. Hallelujah. We know what we've experienced. We know what the Bible says and what it's instructed us. And, and so I, I just felt it'd be the best thing for us to just go ahead and get into this lesson. Give a little more time. I don't want to have to rush with a baby's dedication. Amen. Allie Claire, God bless her heart. Hallelujah. We're just excited about that. You know, again, we just see the miraculous hand of God. If I could take a vote, and I should wait to the baby dedication, but I, I feel if somehow I could take a vote about 10 years ago and said, you know, what, what's the chances? How many of you believe that there's going to be a Tudor girl back on Tudor Road in, in, in about 10 years from now? I just wonder how many have voted. Yeah, I, that's right. I believe. Yeah. No. No, most of us says no. They may be another Tudor boy, <laughs> but not a Tudor girl. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I mean, good grief. We've only got five boys here. I mean, all of them ain't Tudors, but I mean, they came from the same mother. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all, y'all, yeah, we ask. We ask. <laughs> and when you ask believing, and when you ask according to his will, Hallelujah. And, the, you know, the enemy tried to attack, didn't he? Sister Terry tried to attack, didn't he? Try to persuade you. Hey, something's going to. No. God's got this. Hallelujah. God's got it. You know, I, and I, I want Sister Judy to call me this morning. I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you something. The devil's using a tactic of fear upon our nation, our country. Amen. We can't do here. We can't go there. We can't do this and the pandemic and things of that nature. And I'm not just playing it down. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's having its effect upon us. But you know what? Even as Brother Ford mentioned Wednesday night, we're not going to be candidates of fear. Hallelujah. You know what? When you got the deal set up with the Lord. Amen. He takes out the fear of death. That's right. I've made mention this before. Amen. That's one of the best things. If you get somebody involved with you in a fight or in something of that, that nature, the best thing is uh, the, the best product that you got for all of you is that you're not afraid to die for it. That's right. When the cause is right, when the cause, amen, is upright, we're not afraid to die for it. Amen. The cause of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And so as we look at this lesson here this morning and, and watch, watch this. His strength is perfect. I'm talking about God's strength. His anointing, his touch. His touch into our hearts. His touch into our lives. If you don't mind, I'm going to take this off. Get a little warm up here. You're good. Don't change everything. I got it set. Maybe it'll be all right. I don't want to freeze nobody out, but... It's a little warmer up here, but uh, we're, we're doing good. And uh, anyway, as we look into this lesson, his strength is perfect. The per perfect focus thought. If we will endure. You know, sometimes this is, I believe, where we might miss it. We might. Sometimes it's the enduring part. Um, we, we would love to live life painless, wouldn't we? 
None of us likes pain of any, any form. That can be mental, physically, and, and spiritually. Uh, those types and forms of struggle. Amen. And I understand that. None of us goes to any of the drug stores. You don't walk down and look for the aisle that says, you know, creates pain. More pain than you can endure. Boy, this is the best medicine we got. You'll be hurting from the head to your toe. <laughs> you don't go buy that, do you? No. Amen. You, you, don't, you don't go purchase something like that. You're looking for something, you know, pain-free. You're looking for something that delivers you from pain. Amen. One, 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 one dose of this, man, you'll be good for 12 hours. Hallelujah. That's where you're selling so many of them energy drinks, man. Hallelujah. You have your, put you on top of the world. All that good stuff. But thank God, amen, that we have him that will help us and come to our aid and to our assistance. Well, boy, I tell you what, these letters, um, these series of lessons out of Revelation and the letters that's written to these seven churches, man, there's a little, there's kind of an eye opening. And even the, the, less, the less writer of the lesson makes mention of the different ideas of the purpose of these letters. And whether or not if they're literal or not, or they're not, if they're prophetic or just prophetic, amen. But the principle of them, amen, regardless of how you want to interpret them, amen, is very powerful. When you really begin to look what these seven churches, now remember, these were not the only churches in Asia at that time. You're going to also, if you watch this, the, uh, the journey of Paul, man, he wound up in Asia quite a bit. And done a lot of work in, in, in and around and about these some of these same churches. We also understand that John's writing, amen, we may not know the exact date, but even here in Revelation, he wrote Revelation, he wrote St. John. We do understand that St. John was probably written some 40 years after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's a reason, amen, that he is so different approaching and giving us the identity of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he realized even in the early years of the New Testament church, hallelujah, the identity of Jesus Christ, how that the Judaizers, amen, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the unbelievers were slowly but surely making their way into the word of God and, and, and trying to add to or take from it. Hallelujah. Uh, doctrines and traditions. And even John. John's writing here in Revelation warns us about not to add or take not one word from this letter. And, and watch how serious it was. He warned us if we've done that, that we're prone to what? Have our name removed from the book of life. Now that's serious, folks. You know, some people say, well, that don't really matter. Amen. That's not important any longer. What difference it make? But I'm going to tell you something. What's ever written in this book, God meant what he said. Now, you got to believe John is the one that wrote to us. John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning, what was the word? The word was God and the word was with God. So the word is God. The same became flesh in the 14th chapter. So we understand you can't divide. You can't divide the word of God from God. So whatever's written here, and I've had people, you know, debate with me a little bit about that and saying, well, man wrote that. No, you, you understand. I understand what you're saying. They were just secretaries, but the Bible makes it plain to us. They weren't just ordinary men. They was holy men. It wasn't a man's idea. It was God that moved upon them, breathed upon them, and quickened them, amen, to the writings of the word of God. And so I always tell them, if you can live by this book, <laughs> Amen. If we can't make it to heaven by living what's instructed in this book, then you forget all the rest of them. Amen. If I can just live up to this one, I'm doing good. And so it's something that you just have to stay on top of. You have to just humble and yield and submit yourself to accomplish that and achieve that. 
And so as we watch this lesson, this particular lesson here this morning, a man that's going to talk, we need strength. We're living in a country, we're living in a time in our world. There's a lot about a man finding energy and finding power. We're amazed by the different areas in the political world, in the athletical world, and the procedures and methods that's used, a man, to attain these things. But the strength that we're talking about today, and I, even the lesson, if you read the lesson and the author of the lesson, a lot of the focus all said and done was about uh, taming material things and uh, taming things in this life and, and endurance. But let me, let me help us out this morning. The ultimate goal for each man, woman, born girl and each soul that's ever been born, a man is to attain salvation. A man, because what this life has to offer with its best and with all of its bells and whistles, is nothing can compare what's waiting on the other side for us. With that glorified body, when an eternity where there be no devil, no temptation, no trials, no death, no tears. None of those things, amen. And so the door, as we watch this lesson, talks about it. The most valuable door that's ever been given to us, amen, is the door and the opportunity to salvation. That's the reason you and I as Gentiles, amen, ought to be excited, amen, about the man called Jesus Christ. Because up until this time, amen, the only way, and there were some strangers and there was others, amen, that joined in, amen, with the Israelites. And they had to, had to humble themselves. They had to become obedient to the laws and the instructions of the Israelites and become a part of that. They had to follow the same principles and commandments, amen, that they taught, hallelujah, had to come with the same types of sacrifice. Amen. They couldn't, they couldn't continue on. But when Jesus came on the scene, he came, amen, to rent a veil from top to bottom. There's a lot said about that. That veil, amen, represented flesh. And so even in the tabernacle plan, we see that Moses, that God had, had given to him in a tabernacle plan, that God himself was going to come manifested in flesh. That's what that veil represented. That's what the Hebrew writer's talking about when he talks about this veil. And he came, amen, to rip it from top to bottom, that whosoever will let them come. I'm glad I'm a part of a generation. I'm glad I'm part, amen, of a generation. Amen. That whosoever will let them come. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. I'm telling you, amen, the door, amen, is set before us. You're going to see that in our scriptures today. Hallelujah. Now watch this. God's not going to force nobody. God's not going to drive anybody. But it's by the power of choice. Sometimes this power, amen, of choice. This is what makes us, amen, of his creation so much different than the creation of the animal kingdom and the creation of everything else hallelujah I'm here to tell you a blue jay that's all he's ever going to be a red bird that's all he's ever going to be an elephant an alligator and all the other things that's all they're ever going to be but you and I a man created in the image and likeness of God almighty we have the power now to reason we have the power a man to think and we have the power to choose but without the power to choose a man it really couldn't have been any other way, amen, for God to set this up. And so we have the power of choice even this morning. Whether or not we're going to believe the word of God, 
that. And we're going to believe that the hand of God would move. See, that's all about believing. Hallelujah. It's all about faith. I believe you. Amen. When you make the statement, if you make the statement, well, I don't believe that. That's the problem right there. It doesn't matter how much of it's the Word of God or not the Word of God. If you don't believe it, you just tie the hands of the Almighty God. But whenever you reach a place and hunger and thirst after righteousness and the heartbeat of God and the will of God, hallelujah, and you're sincere and honest about it, God starts the process. And so as we watch this unfold here, it's going to fall to one thing, and it's called endurance. Hallelujah. How many in here maybe can make true confession that we have a lot of endurance in this place? Hallelujah. Well, I see everybody's maybe a little well. Uh, some may have it, some may not. It just depends on your nature. Hallelujah. Sometimes. But that really shouldn't be the way it ought to be. What did Jesus tell us about endurance? It's he that what? Holds on to the plow. Amen. Not looking back. Hallelujah. Not mumbling. Hallelujah. Not complaining. But he that's got a hold of the plow. Amen. Called the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to hang on to this thing. I don't know what kind of trials and heartaches and disappointments I'm going to face. See, that's where I think we've messed up sometimes. If you listen to the religious world around you, they're going to tell you, man, when you come to Jesus Christ, everything's just a bed of roses. When you come to Jesus Christ, well, amen, your car's not going to tear up. Your washing machine's not going to tear up. Hallelujah. You're not going to have any problems. You're going to have, you know, ideal kids and all this other. But you know what? You're going to learn in this lesson this morning that when you cast your lot with a man called Jesus Christ, you become on the top of the list, amen, to be persecuted. You come on top of the list, amen, to be tempted and tried day in and day out. Hallelujah. Why do you think Job was tested and tried? Because he lived a godly life. Because he made sacrifice every day for his children. He knew where his blessings come from. That's the reason even when his wife came to him and spoke to him, he said, you speak foolishly. Hallelujah. God's blessed me and he has a right to take it. And if he wants to take it, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's all about a man regardless of what comes and goes. I'm going to live for God. And could it be in this end time, hallelujah, and revelation, which a revelation about Jesus Christ is about hanging on unto the end, regardless of our health condition, regardless of our financial conditions, regardless, amen, hallelujah, our family conditions. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve the Almighty. I've stepped through the door of salvation. I hadn't received the fullness of it, but I got the earnest of it. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So let's watch some of this, and I'm going to come back to some of the cultural connection and things of that nature. A focus verses. I'm sorry, I haven't even read them. Well, it seems like lately I battle against time, don't I? Hallelujah. But anyway, Revelation 3, 8, 9. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Thank God that no man can shut the door of salvation. may not excite some of you. It might be too, too early. Huh. But when you make up in your mind and your heart and spirit. I want salvation. I want to make of an assurity of where I'm going to be. If you read the lives and the depths of the disciples and the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have any problem with dying. Didn't have no problem being hung upside down. Didn't have no problem being crucified, their heads chopped off, sawed asunder. They didn't have any of those problems. In fact, they run to it. 
found it, amen, they was willing to pay whatever price. How many of you remember just a few weeks ago, my brother, so ago, we talked about some of the martyrs in the, in the book of history. It's written about the martyrs, amen, and how the different ones was willing to sacrifice not only their lives, but they was willing to sacrifice, amen, for their babies and whosoever, amen, when they wouldn't repent, when they wouldn't turn back, and when the pressure was put on them. No, I believe this, and I believe it with everything that's in my heart and soul and mind, so I'm willing to pay the price, and they paid the price. That's what Hebrew talks about in the 11th chapter. Some of them didn't, wasn't resurrected. Some of them's prayers wasn't answered. That latter part of Hebrews 11 is probably more powerful than the first. By faith we've done this and by faith we've done that. But watch this. The real, the real problem sometimes is when it doesn't fall the way we thought it was going to fall. When it doesn't all work out the way we thought it'd work out. But you know what? That's when we got to trust God. That's when we got to realize, amen, that God's, God's in control. And it's his business. And I'm just going to keep living for him. So as we watch this unfold here. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength. How many can confess this morning? We just got a little strength, especially in the morning time. Got to get going. Got to get two or three cups of coffee. Hallelujah. Whatever else. <laughs> Get up and get going and get motivated. Hallelujah. Man, I, I love to see these little ones get up sometimes. Man, they can wake up, especially if they got something on their mind and something in their heart. Man, it's going to be that day, son. That's the first thing, man, they'll sit up in that bed. Hallelujah. Today's the day birthday. We're going to party today. <laughs> yeah, we're going, oh, yeah. <laughs> Give us a minute. But uh, anyway, <laughs> behold, I will make them. Of what of the synagogue? He's talking about individuals that won't. That's not going to be believers. Uh, how many of you believe in heaven? How many believe in hell? How many believe in the devil? But you know what? There's going to be some synagogues of Satan, and they're going to receive the same price that was promised to the devil. Notice what the Scripture makes plain about about hell itself and the lake of fire. It was actually created for him and his angels alone. So that lets me know that God has a plan that could save all the world. For God so loved the world. But also we know by the, by the instructions and the teachings of Jesus Christ that uh, the majority is not going to go that way. Amen. Broad. Amen. Wide is the way of destruction. It's narrow. And straight is the way of salvation. And so what's happening here? What's 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 being instructed into us? Amen. An individual has got to make up in their own mind and heart and spirit. I'm going to talk about this son today. I know I'm not going to follow all just like the, the, the writer of the lesson has written this lesson today. I'm going to talk about it just a little different. Amen. Because I want to focus more on the real opening of the door. And I believe that. I believe that God can open the doors of opportunity in our lives, both in the financial world. I believe God could open it up in other areas, amen, in our lives and help us make right contact with people and physicians and things of that nature when we're sick. I believe it's very important that we also, we ought to always pray, amen, hallelujah, regardless of what we faith. That's what Paul taught us. He said, pray about everything. Nothing too small or too great, but if you'll pray about it and get God's hand in it, amen, then, then God's hand in it, God's voice in it, he can direct us in this life, amen, to make the right contacts and the right connections, 
And uh, so, so we understand that and we realize that. So, so I'm just going to go into the word of God and the angel of the church of the Philadelphia write, amen. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that has the key of David. Let me focus on those terms for just a minute. Hallelujah. And you're going to notice in all seven letters it was, it was made clear unto the messenger, which is unto the pastor. Amen. Where the message was coming from. Who it was coming from. It was coming from Jesus Christ. If you remember. Amen. The first encounter that John himself had. And you got to remember John walked with Jesus Christ. John was the one that laid his head on his breast. John was the one that he, he talked to. And was a part of that inner circle. But even at this moment time. Is the encounter that John had. With, with, with in this, this revelation. And the Isle of Patmos. That he fell like a dead man. Because it affected him so. And so as we watch this unfold. And the letters as they're being delivered and given to these individuals, amen, to affect them. So it's clear, it's clear, it's made clear to, to the messengers, amen, where the message is coming from, amen, and who it's coming from. And I want to enlighten on that for just a little bit here this morning. Psalm 16 to 10 has taught us, For thou wilt not leave my soul, and this is David's writings, and we know this, but he says, For thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Hallelujah. I believe Jesus Christ has conquered death. How about you? Amen. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in it more than just on the Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. I believe it on a regular and a daily basis. Hallelujah. Jesus has conquered death. Hallelujah. He, he's, he's, he's resurrected out of that grave. And as a writer put it here, amen, that my soul, it will not stay in hell. He's talking about as a ascetic, amen, uh, prophecy of David's. Hallelujah. He talks about that we'll not see corruption. The body itself would only be there for three days, not long enough hallelujah for it to see corruption hallelujah but it was going to be resurrected Psalms 89 and 18 says for the Lord and all of these are capital letters so that lets us know that he's talking about the Jehovah God always pick up these little notes in your word hallelujah L-O-R-D spell in full capital letters lets us know he's talking about the Jehovah Spirit hallelujah him in fullness and so now the Lord is what our defense Praise God. Well, I'm glad that's in the book this morning. The Lord is our defense. He's our protector. He's our keeper. And the Holy One of Israel is our king. Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. Again, we understand he is the Holy One. And so when this message is coming to them and understand something, a lot of these that the Word of God was going to was well-schooled, amen, in the law. They was well-schooled in the writings of Moses in the Old Testament. And they understood when statements like this were made... They understood the very root of it. They knew exactly where it was coming from. Mark 1 and 24 talks about them and saying, saying, let us alone. Hallelujah. You know what's happening here? It's demons. It's demonical forces. Amen. Talking to none other but Jesus Christ. I find it amazing sometimes how that the demonical forces, amen, recognize, amen, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When the others did not. Hallelujah. But it's a spiritual thing. So what is that telling me? That means, amen, to have a true revelation, understanding of the gospel. It's a revelation by the spiritual realm. Hallelujah, that our eyes have to be opened. Hallelujah, that the, the scales has got to drop like the scales dropped them from the Apostle Paul. Amen, to get a true revelation of the gospel and what the gospel has taught us through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad, hallelujah, I mean, I'm not making a confession that I'm not. Hallelujah, because we've experienced the born again. Hallelujah, born into the kingdom. Hallelujah, call him our heavenly father. We must be born again. Amen, Jesus. 
Jesus made that message clear unto Nicodemus and unto the little lady at the well. Hallelujah. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen. To see or to enter into the kingdom of God. And so the reason these demonical forces could recognize Jesus as the Messiah, as the Holy Child. Amen. As the Almighty God. It was the spiritual realms where they recognized him. Hallelujah. And listen to what they say. Let us alone for what have we to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth. Thou art come to destroy us. I know thee who thou art. The Holy One of God. We recognize that. Now watch this. These are demons. Amen. That made that statement. But watch this. Because I want to drop this in here. Because sometimes when we live and, and sell ourselves out to God. Sometimes we have the attitude and the spirit that we want to be exempt from some things. But watch this. Did not Satan himself tempt Jesus Christ? Matthew the fourth chapter lets us know. He tempted him every way he could. Why did he tempt him? Amen. If thou be the son of God. Amen. And he offered him everything that he could possibly offer him. But watch this. The devil is nothing but a con artist. If you read your lesson, amen, you'll understand that was a part of the theme of the lesson. A con artist. And I'm telling you, the devil's working overtime, amen, to deceive and con people out of salvation. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to go to heaven. He doesn't want you to take his place. He doesn't want you to be a part of the new song. He doesn't want you to be a part, amen, of what God's got in store for us. Because, amen, he messed up by pride. He messed up by sin. And he let iniquity enter in. And Jesus kicked him out. Or God Almighty, amen, kicked him out. And he's going to do everything he can. So watch this. What's the point I'm fixing trying to make? When you look at this in Mark 124, Mark's writings, talks about this demonic force. But, but the devil himself is such a con artist of deceiving, painting a picture that's not really true. Jesus called him, he's a father of what? Of all lies. That's all he can do is tell a lie. Hmm. I just can't help but wonder how many sold their soul to the con artist. This is the only thing that reveals the con artist. This is right. Watch this. Jesus Christ himself told the Jews, that's his chosen people now. He said, except you believe on me, as what? As the scriptures have taught. You got to go back to the scriptures. You can't get outside this book. John warned us. Moses warned us. You can't, you can't add and you can't take away from the book. No man has a right. No movement has a right. No group of people. I don't care how large they are. I don't care how many miracles they're performing. I don't care what all they're doing. You can't step outside what's in this book. Because watch this. This is the book. The books that everybody's going to give account to. Everybody's going to face this book. Everybody's going to be judged out of this book. The works. Revelation. Look at it. It's the works. The deeds that we've done. We're going to be judged by this book. I want to know it. God help us to memorize it. Help us to learn it. Help us to love it. Help us respect it and obey it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That goes a lot further. Amen. That what a lot of people realize. Hello, obedience unto his word and to his voice and to his instructions. And so we understand without doubt here who's sending the message. It's the Holy One. Amen. It's the one of truth. I want to talk about that for just a little bit. Watch this. Acts 3.14. But he nigh what? Peter's first message in the New Testament. 
Amen. As he looks down upon those when he's questioned of what's taking place and what's happened on the day of Pentecost because the noise was abroad. And amen, he has a opportunity to preach to him. And I'm just going to take one verse of that message. And he denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you. Amen. The part of that person you denied. Hallelujah, folks. There's ever been a time we don't need to deny him. Amen. We need to accept him. We need to receive him. We need to humble ourselves unto him. I could take you to John, the 14th chapter. This is the time of Thomas, amen, where Thomas, amen, questioned Jesus, amen, who he was. And Jesus saith unto him, unto Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Later on in Scripture, you'll watch this term mentioned often throughout the Scripture. The way, singular, the way. It's mentioned throughout the Scripture. So everybody knew, amen, whenever it was mentioned, the way. These was the followers of Jesus Christ. Outside of Judaism outside of, of, the, of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, outside the others that may come up, up and they was, they was those. Uh, they may all help us to understand that. Different ones would rise up and have followers, but they didn't last long. And he used that same metaphor, amen, to, to let them know, say, if this is of God, you can't stand against it. And how true that is. You and I cannot stand against, amen, the word of God and the power of God. And so that's the reason, watch this, that's the reason when God opens doors, no man can close it. Hallelujah. God can Close doors that no man can close. Hallelujah. What an awesome God that we're serving here this morning. That can perform and do things for us that nobody else can. I can carry you to 1 John 5 and 20. I'd love to back up to the 18th and 20th verse, but time won't allow us. Amen. To what's being unfolded there and three things that opponents, amen, that John revealed. Amen. About the resurrection, about some things that's anchored and settled in believing. Because John is one that wrote it to us about the Antichrist and how the Antichrist spirit is already at work, amen, in his day and his time before he ever left this earth, hallelujah, and so he realized that's really so important to believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah amen, even the lady at the well knew that when the Messiah comes revival is going to take place hallelujah, he's going to instruct us hallelujah, how to worship, he's going to instruct us the place to worship hallelujah, because it's all, amen, in who and what you worship, and it's not only in who and what, but it's how you worship the first murder that ever took place was over worship. Amen. Between Cain and Abel. Hallelujah. Bringing the proper sacrifice. Bring it in a proper way. And so that's the same way with all of this. It all wraps up. All said and done. Who we worship. How we worship. Hallelujah. It's going to make all the difference in the world. And I'm telling you the spiritual world that we're living in today. And the demonic forces that we're warring against and battling against. I'm telling you the devil can't do nothing on his own either. He's got to have earthen vessels to operate through. That's the reason he makes his way through what Whatever means he can do it into earthen vessels. And you hear those that's, that's, that's committed to you know, horrible crimes and hideous crimes. And they will say they'll make the same. I heard a voice. And then they'll give God the credit and say, God told me. I beg the difference with you. Amen. God's not a murderer. God's not a thief. God's not a liar. What they heard was the voice of the devil. Amen. Amen. The con artist. They heard the voice of the con artist. And they believed the voice. And because inside of these old vessels, in these old fallen vessels, hallelujah, there's a part in us that loves to and craves, amen, to envy and strive and have bitterness and even have, have, have vengeance of our own and see it all happen you ever read the articles of some of them where they they actually felt as though they was God especially in the moment when the life was finally leaving the, the victim they was overpowered was taking their lives it's a spiritual thing ladies and gentlemen 
That's the reason America's, America's being tossed to and fro now. That's the reason we've got to watch some of our administrations. Especially when they make statements that we're not a Christian nation any longer. <laughs> That's the only thing that helped. We didn't get here by ourselves. Man didn't get here by himself. But there was a God that, that our forefathers would bow down to. You can't hardly read any of the old speeches from the presidents or any of the other elected officials. They wouldn't quote the Bible. And as much focus on this right here and the principles and the stands that they made come from this. Back then, that was what was politically right. But we're drifting from it. You can't get away from this without getting away from God. Any nation that turns her back on God. Judgment's about to come. Do you hear me? That's not just for a nation. That would go right down to a family, to a church, to a family, to an individual. Same principles. Same principles. Praise God. We can watch again in Isaiah. Uh, this is the time of Elikim. And you're going to, I'm going to make mention probably this again because did you notice the third one of those that I mentioned? Holy and the way. But what about that third one? The key of David. The key of David. <laughs> notice Isaiah 22 and 22. Here the Isaiah that some prophesied some several hundred years prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. And boy, he lays it all out. He's the one that informs us in Isaiah 9 and 6 and, 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 and 7 and 14. Amen. About the son. About the child. About the Messiah. Amen. The virgin birth and what was going to take place and what was going to unfold. And, and the focus upon him and his coming and what he was going to bring. And so there you're going to see that's mentioned. And the key of the house of David will lay up on his shoulder. The key of the house of David. Now if you go back and read the scripture setting of that. It's talking about Elikim. Elikim was the man that took the place of the one prior to him. That had the position. A man to allow the singers. And those that were servants that came into the house of God. Or into the kingship of David. He was one a man that gave permission or said no. You're disqualified. Let's sit up and listen to it this morning. That one is called Jesus Christ. The key of David. What do we mean by that term when we begin to talk about? Key is actually an emblem of authority. We read it through the scriptures. We can see it with the parable of the rich man. We can, we can see it, amen, with the parable, I mean, with the two signs. We see where the key, amen, that's given. Hallelujah. This ring and this things of that. So the key, the key to what? To unlock doors. That we cannot unlock. No man can save himself. No more than Israel could get herself out of Egypt. Hallelujah. Neither can man get himself out of this world. Or even out of the life of sin. Without there being a key involved. And that key, amen, was none other but Jesus Christ himself. As you begin to call out and cry out unto him. We see the very demonstrations of that. In the ministry of the three and a half years of Jesus Christ. When such men like Brian Bartimaeus. Hallelujah. The beggar's coat on. 
on, amen, and living the lifestyle that he was living because he was blind and there was no, no uh, means and ways, amen, to support him. So he simply had to depend on begging and the mercy and grace of others. But thank God, amen, he heard of a man by the name of Jesus that was making, if you lead it close, his last time, amen, coming through Jericho. And amen, he didn't listen to the naysayers. He didn't listen to everybody. He said, well, it really don't take all that. You ain't got to do all that hollering. But they wasn't the ones blinded. And they wasn't the ones, amen, ready to be of their eyes to be open. When a man reaches a place, I want my eyes to be open. I'm telling you, God will bankrupt heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. To come to that individual. Hallelujah. And bring salvation. Because the Bible says that he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. It ain't if and and maybe about it. Hey, I'm telling you, we can know our salvation and our relationship and companionship with God without wavering and dancing around about it. He already acknowledged we got a weakness. We're just earthen vessels, folks. At its best, earthen vessels. That's the reason the earnest of the salvation and the baptism of the Holy Ghost in these earthen, earthen vessels to help us along this journey. So we see that here it's a key. It's a key, amen, to help us. Watch the, this, the message of angel, the angel Gabriel that came to Mary. Listen to what he instorms her and tells her about this child. Now, we, you know, that's an amazing story. I love it. I'll be honest with you. I love this story. Amen. I love the whole outcome of it and, and the, the, the whole setting about it because Mary, this little damsel, amen, she just finally has to look at the angel and says, nevertheless, at thy word. I don't understand this. I don't know how I'm going to come that way. I don't know how all that's going to work out. But I'm willing to put all of my life and everything else on the back burner and let your will be done. Ever how you want to play it out. If I lose Joseph, I'm willing Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these other things can be added. But if you listen to the spirit of the world. Don't fault me for what I'm fixing to say. You've heard it. If you listen to the American dream. Self-financing. Self-independence. Get to a place you don't need nobody. But if you listen to the core of that dream. And if you're not careful, the spirit that drives that, that, that dream, it'll send you in the wrong direction of what this book talks about. Because we are a people. It doesn't matter how rich or poor we are. It doesn't matter how educated or how much maybe we don't have. We need a Savior. We need a God. We need one that's, that's greater than all the powers of the enemy. You and I are not a match for the devil. You hear me? We're not a match for, he, for him that can uh, scam us. Anybody, get, anybody got any phone calls about your social security? I don't know if I've ever told the boss about this one day at the hardware store. And uh, I answered the phone and the guy said, hey. He said, uh, I'm, I'm headed over to cut your electricity off. I said, do what? So what do you mean get over here? He said, well, y'all ain't paid your bill. said, uh, I'm going to come over and cut it off and, unless you, you can work something out. I said, well, I don't know. I said, I can see. And just kind of went on there a minute. And I said, uh, sir, what power company are you coming from? Where, 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 who are you? He said, Mississippi Power. I said, really? I said, well, and you know what I ought to done if I'd have been just thought about it? Come on, man. I, I got the cash money. Just come on and call the law and have them there when he got there. That's what I ought to have done. 
know, sometimes when you think about it later, you get, mm, I messed up. But anyway, I said, sir, I said, uh, we pay our electric bill with Singing River. That's where we get our, sing- our power from. Clink. I've had him call me before and use the gentleman's name out of this community. This guy called me several times. He threatened me. I'm going to see you in court and do this. And finally, I told him, I said, hey, buddy. I said, uh, when you get ready, just y'all send the deputy out to come get me and do what I've got to do. I said, I'll see you in court. Hadn't hmm. called me back no more. Them social security deals. <laughs> come get me. Hmm. They hadn't showed up yet. Called me the other day three times. Same day. Thank you, Lord, have mercy. I'd love for somebody to catch every one of them. Now, what do you hear most of the time when you hear that? Who, who's the one that they, who, who do we say gets, gets scanned the most? Huh? The elderly people. Did you read your lesson? I'm going to shock you. The lesson here brought out a situation where, let me see if I can just find it. What's this? It was actually the Federal Trade Commission reported that in 2018, they collected more than 1.4 billion fraud reports. And that 25% of those entities, the people also lost money. They went on to say the people reported losing 1.48 with a B, billion dollars <laughs> to fraud last year, which was an increase of 38% of 2017. Top reports in 2018 were imposter scans, debt credits, and identity theft. Watch this one. Listen, young people. Younger people reported losing money to fraud more often than older people. Or at least y'all reported it. Maybe the older people just didn't report it. But we always say it's the elders. But could it be the elders are wising up? I wouldn't give them nothing. I mean, seriously. Don't give them anything. If they come to get you, Debbie, come call me. We'll come get you. (laughs) I mean, hey. But that's what the devil's done. He sold a bill of goods that's not good. He's put a picture out there. He's laid a plan out there. Uh, easy salvation. All you got to do is believe. You know, because, you know, you know what? The devil believes. Is he going to be saved? Scripture says he believes in one God. And he goes a lot further than a lot of people. He even trembles. We're living in a society today. They don't tremble at the judgment of God. They don't believe it's going to happen. And that's why it is such an effect upon our nation. Because, see, whenever you fear God and the judgment of God, it bleeds over into the natural realms. And you're at a place that you don't fear judgment and the judgment of man. And that's the reason we have people that can walk even in courthouses and, and places like that. And, you know, that's the reason we're in the world that we're in. And the lawmakers and. Law officers, you praying for your law officers? Let's pray for them, folks, I'm telling you. And I know they don't do everything perfect. I know that. You you heard what I said about that Wednesday night. If you don't have trust in them, don't call them. 
handle it yourself. Now, thank God we can call on God. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to try my best with prayer and the Lord and handle it. But if I call him, now if he gets out acting like an idiot and gets out and just starts shooting everybody, <laughs> it might be different. But, uh, but those are isolated cases compared how many cases they go to that it worked out to the good. But you see, what happens, we'll do God the same way. Because if he doesn't arrive, if he doesn't show up, if, if he doesn't work out the way. So, God help me here. I, I got a lot to, to cover. Okay, watch this. Open door. When you get to that statement, open door. If you read your lesson, you already know this, but watch this. The writer talks about it. And the Bible exposition commentary it says this about Philadelphia, the city. It says... Was situated and strategically placed on the main route of the imperial post from Rome to the east. Main, now we know this. Places of business, even churches, things of that nature. You put them on main fairways. You put them where the public eye. And that's what he talks about this particular city. That it was built on that, that route. It was a place that would be, uh, have opportunities like no other. Because of the traveling of the people. And that's what he talks about. Now watch this. Thus was called the gateway to the east. Thus called the gateway to the east. If I told you to jump up and look for the Lord. What direction are you going to look? Graves or yards placed and they're facing This is a God that can open the door to salvation. And he's the only God. It's the only saving name that's been given to mankind. They want to debate and argue with us over being baptized in Jesus' name. But we're, it's plain in this lesson. In the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the reason the writer got it right in Acts 4 and 12. There's no other name given whereby we must be saved. So there's the way for remitting of sins. Except taking on his name. We're the bride. We're betrothed. What are we going to do? Gonna take on his name. You know if I was going to get married again. Thank God I'm not. I hope. I hope. Okay. Just let, me put Here, let me put the point. I didn't mean that. The point is. The first time I ever got here to get married. Uh. And my bride was not willing to take on my name. I don't care how beautiful she was. I don't care, amen, if she was Trump's daughter. <laughs> Bill Gates' daughter. You just name them. You're not willing to take on my name? We got some problems. Are you ashamed of the name? But watch this. Let's flip the coin. As you watch this unfold, there's some persecution that comes with taking on the name. There's some dedication, some separation when you take on the name. It's not, the persecution's not in America 2,000 years later. 
like it was in the New Testament church in the beginning. When they made confession to be a disciple of follower of Jesus Christ, it could cost them everything they own. Their family, their jobs, thrown out of the synagogue. To become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the reason Paul would take up collections from Gentile churches. And bring them back to Jerusalem. To just support them. So they would have food. Watch it. Read it closely. Some sold possessions that they could bring. That they could have on a daily basis. Widows could have food. Survive from day to day. So people don't want to preach about those places. People don't want to hear about people. Facing those kind of sacrifices. But watch this. When it's all said and done. In that moment of twinkling of an eye. And we meet him in the clouds. All oh, that ain't going to matter. It's not going to matter. So when you talk about this open door. And you talk about this unfolding and taking place. Understand what's being said here. I may mention about the key. But watch this. Key. The key. The key. Remember that. Jesus had the key. The key, the words, the unlocks. Makes a way, there seems to be no way. Eighth verse begins to pick up in Revelation 3 and 8. I know thy works. How often has each one of these letters? Well, you're thankful God knows. Now, that's, that's comfort to us. But it also can be challenging to us. He knows. He knows. He knows the good. A lot of times when we make that statement, we think more of the evil and use it in that form. But let me tell you something. God knows the good. Right down to a cup of water. He doesn't miss it. Any good deed, any actions that are taken, God recognizes it. And he's not going to owe any man. I believe in this life or in that one to come. Now, I don't believe you can purchase that one to come by just good deeds upon this earth. But you can purchase the favor and the blessings of God. But it, that's where you got to be careful not to let that become part and saying, well, that's salvation. You can't be. I had an event one time, they, and, and it was bad. They had a, a dog that got a hold of a, a, a lure that had one of those three hooks and hooked in the jaw. And they prayed, and God helped them get it out. And, and they used that as a form. That they had a relationship, companionship with God, and had salvation. You can't do that. He blessed, he honored, because they asked. They asked believing, hey, we're in a bind. We need some help. <laughs> we know one to help us. Jesus! But then you got to come back to this. So watch some of this. Matthew. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Matthew, the 16th chapter. The question came unto the disciples. Who do men say that I am? They were confused. Some called him Jeremiah. Some Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're just a prophet. Great prophet. But the real question came to them now. Who do you say that I am? And with this revelation that was not by flesh and blood. Listen to what Peter responded to him about. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it, revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say also unto thee. That thou art Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now watch this. Gates of hell. Hell. You do a study on that. Also it's a grave. The wages of sin is death. Okay. We're all born in trespasses and sins. So we have to be born again. There was a search made. There was no man that was found righteous. Even to open the seals. And that's the reason even Abraham with Isaac said God would provide himself a sacrifice. That's the reason you go back to Mary that I done mentioned. And how that the, the messenger of Gabriel told Mary. Man, this holy thing, this holy child. is going to deliver his people from their sins. He's going to be the door. That's the reason Jesus tells us, he said, except you believe in me and that I am key, you're going to die in your sins. He is the only door to step through. All that bunch can ridicule us and run us down and do what they want to. But this book is forever settled in heaven. And no man and no group of men, including me, top on the list, can change it. And he's not going to change it for me. I'll just use me. What I've got to do is yield and humble myself unto what's in this. Okay? So listen what he tells Peter from that point. Because it's a revelation that came from the spiritual realm to Peter now. I will give unto thee the keys, plural. I'm going to give unto you, Peter. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so, if you'll do a study on Peter now, through the book of Acts, and the gospel, the good news, the good tidings. Jews, the Samaritan, which is a mixed multitude. Huh. And the tenth chapter, which happened to be the Gentiles. Cornelius, if you please. A righteous man. A godly man. A man with his alms and prayers caused a visitation from the angels to come down to him. The angel couldn't preach the gospel to him. But you know what the angel could do? Instruct him. To, there's one. Simon Peter. Sin and let him come. It's the same message that is the keys that helps us start making our way through that door. We're on a journey now. We want to go somewhere. It's called heaven. Who wouldn't want long and looking for a place where there's no death, no sorrow, no devil, no tears, no heartaches, no sickness? But the con artist is painted a different picture out of the same book, out of the same types of settings. He's persuaded them that all you got to do is believe and make confession. And that's it. And then we wonder why our world's in the mess she's in. Well, I'm telling you, this, 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 this thing gets deep. But even the word that warns us, and Jesus warned, if a man that repents and becomes clean, and that unclean spirit leaves him, that unclean spirit's coming back, isn't it? 
When he comes back and see the vessel that's not filled up, he's going to go back out and get seven more spirits. There's a lot to it. I know my time's running out. I'm going to do my best here. Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. Now watch this. And there are many adversaries. Let me talk to us a little bit about that. How many is ever, please don't be, don't nobody be whatever with this, okay? And, and, and I understand this approach. I'm with it 100%. How many come and said, you know what, Pastor, I need you to pray me about something that, uh, that this thing is just smooth, that it's open, doors are open, this thing is just smooth sailing, and no. We're, we're, we're prone to do that, aren't we? If it's God's will, now watch this. Listen, listen to me a second. If we're not careful, here's the attitude we'll get. If it's God's will, there ought not be no adversaries. There ought not be any hiccups. There ought not be any problems. But the scripture has taught us right the opposite. There was times in the disciples' lives that Jesus spoke to them face to face. I need you to go to the other side. <laughs> and some of them wasn't shipmen by no means whatsoever. Some of them was tax collectors and things of that nature. But before they got very far, storm. Resistance. And so if we're not careful, because we've stepped through the door, sometimes we may have the tendency. Because I'm going to tell you something. Immediately when you turn to come to God in the fullness of God, the adversary is going to start battling. He's going to start putting stumbling blocks. And God's going to allow him. Because he's going to see if you love him or not. And the only way to know if we really love him is to be tested and tried. So as you watch this really unfold, and I know i got about 10 minutes here before they're going to come back in. So I'm going to try my best to cover some of this. 2 Timothy 3 and 12, Paul's writings unto him. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Watch this. The more godly you try to live, the more persecution you're going to suffer. The more separated from the Thoughts and doctrines and traditions of mankind and what they claim to be salvation, the more you're going to suffer. But we all have got to line up to this. Okay? John 17 and 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me, this is the Lord, out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they have what? Kept thy word. Notice two important things that the Philadelphians done. They kept the word. Notice that. Amen. Amen. They, 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 the name and the word. Pick it up. Old Testament talks about the name. New Testament talks about the name. It's really wrapped up in the name called Jesus. To protect it. To love it. It's, it's holy. The Bible says to do all things through the name. Every word, every deed is done in the name of Jesus Christ. You and I are representatives of Jesus Christ. 
we're the image of, of God, the spirit of God. That's the real image. Not, not, not the fleshly man, Jesus, but the spiritual man, Jesus. We're spiritual Jews. How we conduct ourselves, how we what we give ourselves to. That's the reason we have to be very careful what we set before us, what we lend our ears to, what we set before us and feed our souls through our eyes. Because you have got a con artist out there that once you're born again of the water and the spirit, he's gonna try his best, amen, to rob you. He's gonna try his best to rob you of the inheritance that Jesus Christ promised us in the clouds. And so we're on the journey, just like the Israelites when they went to the promised land and had to drive certain people out and certain spirits and, and forms of worship and things of that nature. Same way with us spiritually. You can't worship just like everybody worship. You can't go to the same places. I've heard the statement. I'm not being harsh. I'm being very, very bold and very, very plain here this morning. Amen. People will tell you, well, you can go to church anywhere. I beg the difference with you. You cannot go to church just anywhere. Amen. You've got to go to the place where there's truth. you got to go to the place where there's a true revelation of the gospel and a revelation of his name. Hallelujah. And the spirit of truth abides and operates. You can't go just to any synagogue and to just any place hallelujah because I'm telling you everybody doesn't preach this gospel and truth to the fullness and I know that's tough I know that gets us but you know what I got to give an account hallelujah and if I don't tell you the truth and if I don't preach the truth to you in the fullness amen I'll be held accountable so you watch him it's important that we do not deny him Acts 13, Acts 3 and 14, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, I, I gotta get, I get it further down that. Time's gonna eat me up. Ninth verse, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews. Now watch this, you, you, you might have played with me just a little bit there in your own mind, your own heart with what I just said. But watch what he says here. In the very next verse. Behold, I will make them of the I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not. What did we learn just a week or two ago about Jezebel that called herself a prophetess? And she she held position in that local assembly. And they didn't do anything about it. What's one of the, the greatest cons? Uh, what's a good thief? What's a, what's a great con artist? Anybody read the lesson about the two guys that set up some kind of program on the computers that would send up a little flag to your computer and tell you that you had a problem with your PC program? And with that same flag, they would give you a phone number and a way to fix it. And they made over $10 million off of fixing computers that was never tore up. Had no problem whatsoever. Any of you ever clicked on that? Clicked up there. I got a problem. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it was a scam. They made $10 million off of that. Two guys. No problem. But I'm going to tell you the biggest loss and the greatest loss, Jesus Christ himself taught us this, is when a man loses his soul. He can gain the whole world. But if he loses his soul. Your soul is not something to play with. 
church, the house of God, you know, we, we've, we've almost reached a place in our nation. It's just a playhouse. It's just a social gathering. It's just a place that let's come feel good. And, let's, and then we wonder where the conviction hand of God's at. When we're living in a society that, that won't preach for you to preach against sin. And sure don't name it. You offend somebody. <laughs> Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. The word shouldn't offend us. If anything, the word, in the light of the word, should put something saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to repent. Notice every church had an opportunity to repent. These letters is written to Holy Ghost filled churches. These letters is written to the first Jesus named church. Philadelphia. And so the enemy had made his way. And here he's telling those that claim to be Jews. I'm going to make them the synagogues of Satan. Behold, I will make them to come and to worship before thy feet. And to know that I have loved thee. We could have went through. I know when you talk about weakness. We could have talked about Moses. We can talk about David. We can talk about Elijah. We can talk about Daniel, Mary, and Jesus. All that's in your lesson, please. If you hadn't read it, go back and read that. Amen. We, we, but watch this. <laughs> I'm trying to. In, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10. Because this is kind of the heart of the lesson in a sense. Weakness. We all struggle with it. We're in earthen vessels to, to know. We're looking through a darkly glass. We don't, God doesn't allow us to see everything as clear as we'd like to sometimes. And, and, and things of that nature. And, uh, uh, to, and we don't understand everything. We don't understand all the things that goes on in life. And the ups and downs and things of that nature. But you know what? This is where real faith comes in. It's when you don't understand it. That's what the message of Mary was. She didn't understand it. She didn't understand how all that was going to unfold. She said, nevertheless, thy word, I'm going to trust you. And so we have to trust God, amen, to at times of weakness and times of that nature. And so the writer talks about this. He says, his strength is made perfect, what? In weakness, in his strength. His strength is made perfect. Uh, I've never seen a, a picture of Paul. I've heard descriptions and possibilities of what he may have, his accountants and his appearance. We do know. By the writings of Paul in a number of places, uh, as he talks about his, his, his weakness, as he talks about uh, the trials, uh, even here in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10, he says, for this thing, so there's a person, a thing, there's something, a man that buffeted against him. There was something, a man that worked against him. I sought the Lord thrice, three times, that he might depart from me, and that he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. So what is he talking about? And he goes on talking about the messenger of Satan that buffeted against him. And so there were some, many believers, sometimes, 
type of physical ailment. Amen. It can be in his eyes. Uh, it talks about his letters, the large letter, the size of the letter. If you notice, a lot of the letters, Paul did not physically write them. He spoke them. He had somebody else that actually done the writing for him. There's a couple that he did write. He talks about that. So some of them says it's his eyes. Another place he talks about, amen, that they believed on him, accepted him, amen, even as an angel or even as Christ Jesus. He said, you love me so much, you'd actually pluck out your eyes for me. So we understand that Paul, now watch this. I read a little article one time, somebody that described, and please nobody be offended if you look like this. Uh, that, ain't, that ain't what I'm trying to, anyway. Uh, but but he described Paul, a man, because you know what? We put a lot of emphasis on our, our appearance, don't we? Anybody ever heard the statement, he don't look like a president? And it's true. We, we make a lot of judgments by what we see. Before we ever hear them, before we ever know them, we make a lot of judgments by their countenance. <laughs> but anyway, they said that Paul was probably bow-legged, pot-bellied, and bald-headed. In other words, his appearance was not very acceptable. Now, we can say what we want to. You got a guy that walks in here, and you know, he's six foot four, gray-headed, got it marked back just right, and looks like a picture of... Everybody kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. The other guy walks in here, he's kind of short, pop billing, kind of. All of a sudden, he grabs that mic, and God gets a hold of him. And we go, oh, look at here. I wasn't expecting that. That's probably what y'all say about me sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but I wasn't expecting that. But that's how God works. God can use vessels. But the world will trash. But the world. I got scripture for this. Go in the Old Testament. Who would ever thought that Moses. I, I mean come on. In a sense. He didn't have much of a chance. He didn't get to stay with mom and daddy. But for three months. Three to six somewhere. Not sure really how long. But, but not long. Not long. But what happened? God was in it. What about David? Jesse thought about everybody except David. He's, a, he's out in the winter's tending to some sheep. So, so the point I'm trying to make here, you know, we, we a lot of times focus on our weaknesses. And we, we, not me, how can I? Moses argued with God. <laughs> I can't speak. But you know what? The, old, the New Testament said that Moses was trained by Pharaoh. He really could. He was educated. Now watch what God had to do. The first 40 years he spent that. Then he took him. Took him to the backside of a desert. And tend to sheep for 40 years. All he got to talk to was sheep. God knows how to shape mold us. And get us into a place. In the kingdom. In the body of Christ. In the work of God. For whose glory? For his glory. Because he shares his glory with nobody. So it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his grace. It's about his mercy. It's about his hand working for us and through us. I'm going to finish up. Let me read the last couple of verses. And I apologize for not uh, having the time just to go through all of this uh, like we'd like to. But uh, uh, the last part of the 10th, the 12th verse, Revelations 3, 10 and 12, if you've been keeping up with us. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Here we go. There's the endurance. You kept us. You've been patient through all the trials and tribulations. You have kept my word. I also will keep thee from the hour 
of temptation. Boy, that says a lot. The hour of temptation. He, he always make a way of escape. Every temptation, there's always a way of escape. Okay? Remember that. Which shall come upon all the world and to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Now, there's a lot you can read in this. The rapture of the church and things of that nature is going to take place. It's going to transpire. And thank God. Thank God. Amen. That uh, I, I don't feel like we're going to be a part of the wrath of God. But to think we're going to get out of here without trials and tribulations, we're kidding ourselves. Amen. Uh, there's somebody, the 144,000 sealed and things of that nature. I mean, just a whole lot. You can start throwing into this. But, but, but watch this. Let's take this on a personal basis. Amen. If we'll, we'll stand the test. If we'll, he will deliver us from every temptation. There's always a way. Now watch it. I will come quickly. God can always show up on the scene quickly and work for us and work on our behalf. Hold that fast which thou hast. Amen. If every bit of time the church needs to hold on to the doctrines, hold on to truth. Amen. That, that, that we know scripturally right. Amen. Let's don't compromise. Let's don't back away from it. Let's hold to it. Let's love it. Let's love all of humanity. Let's be kind. Let's be gentle. Let's, you know, let's be used of God and walk in the way he wants us to. That no man, watch, watch this. That no man, a man can take thy crown. All of this we've said about Jesus, the protection, all this other. So, that no man could take thy crown. Just like God has chosen the method of, of the preaching, a man, to save humanity. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The devil uses men earthen vessels to deceive and rob and play his role in deceiving and lying people and to believe in things that's contrary and not in the book. Don't let no man take your crown. God's got a crown for you. God's got a crown for everybody in here. And God's intent for us to attain that crown. But you and I are the one that's got to be vigilant and sober that this crown will not be taken from us. My, my. I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of, of, of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him what a new name. Watch all this that we're going to attain and we're going to receive. New name, a new city. <laughs> Folks, there is a crown. It's going to be worth the fight. It's going, to be, it's going to be worth being obedient. It's going to be worth having an ear. Notice, notice constantly. Amen. We're, we're taught in the word of God. And especially these seven. He that's got an ear to hear. He that's got an ear to hear. I want to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church of our day and of our time. We need it. We need it here. Amen. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. I believe all the classes. Is this all the classes? Amen. Are in. So we're going to change the order of this service this morning. And uh, we're just so excited about uh, being a part of this. And uh, to be involved. Amen. Of, of, of dedicating. Amen. Allie Claire. To this morning. Brother Corey. Sister Tara. If you'll come. Bring that baby. The family, why don't you just come with them? I'm going to call you up anyway. Uh, all of us is a part of this. I probably do this maybe a little different than others. And, uh, uh, but all of us are involved. 
Amen. And this little Clary, amen, Allie Clare here this morning. Um, you know, this is a miracle baby. And, and, and I, I, I mean that. Uh, I still remember uh, the service that we had. Sister Tara was sitting right here about the second row. And uh, she, she realized that she was expecting. And uh, that particular night, I remember telling her, I said, hey, we're going to ask. And we've done it publicly. And, uh, you know, we was kind of stepping out on a limb. But that limb was Jesus Christ. And uh, he honored our request. Praise God. And I, I just wonder if all the boys was going to be able to be here or not. But, hey, man, look at here. It's looking good, isn't it? And uh, church, I wonder what the family, y'all just come right here in the center. Y'all the center of the attention this morning. Praise God. The reason I also call the, especially the immediate family, they will play a part of this. They'll play a part of, of Allie Claire's uh, dedication, not only here today, but um, how many of you can remember maybe an uncle or an aunt or a first cousin that impact your life? Maybe just one time, just in one little incident. But yet, it was kind of a turning point. It was a, a place that you never forgot. And, and, and you always was thankful for that, of the impact that they made upon you as an individual. Now, we know the, the heart of this and the most of this, amen, is going to ride, uh, ride upon daddy and mama. Man, raising her in the house, in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord. Having a godly house. Now, come on, let's be honest. The world that we're living in today, that's saying something. Uh, with technology, with all the other things and the avenues that the enemy's trying to uh, use as a door, as a method, as a means to bombard, to attack a man, our families and our children. Uh, you know, come on, we would be naive to think, uh, well, no, it's very important. Right down to the schools and things of that nature. And so we got a battle. We got a battle on our hands to, to raise a man, Allie Claire, in a godly uh, form and manner. Not only in the physical, but what about the spiritual realm? Amen. That's the reason I believe it's important that we plead the blood over them and call the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask Sister Moore if you'll come. Going to help us this morning. Uh, Lay hands upon Allie Claire and this good family. Amen. Man, she's going to have a great host. I tell you what, I feel for her husband. <laughs> Probably her first boyfriend. You know, most of them's got to worry about daddy. But my goodness, you know, she's got five brothers and she just got to say, hey, you mess with me. <laughs> I got them there lined up. Got a half a dozen just to start with. <laughs> Hallelujah. So everybody's going to kind of back up and say, hmm. Yeah, and they range 20. 21. I mean, woo, praise God. Somebody said you're taking, you're taking Sister Ford's place or what? You're working on it. Oh, she picked on you about that one time, if I'm not mistaken. She sure did. Amen. So, church, why don't you come now? And uh, we're going to join around them because we're just excited. We're a part of this miracle and the birthing, amen, of Allie Claire. God bless her. Beautiful little baby. And I know I didn't mention this, but who would have dreamed, you know, a few years ago that uh, they would be another little Tudor girl on Tudor Road. Amen. Been 30-something years, if I'm not mistaken, before Lindsay's name was actually changed to Moore. And so she was the last Tudor girl, if I'm not mistaken. Amen. And so who would ever dreamed uh, uh, we'd be here today except God. God. God knew. Amen. From the very beginning. So he knows all of her days, weeks, months, and years and what lays ahead of her. And so that's the reason we're here this morning. We want to dedicate, amen, Addie Claire to her, to his mercy and grace, to his hand, to his will. And we're going to ask God to help each one of us, all of us, 
that will be a part and play a part. It may be as a brother. It may be as an uncle, aunt, or, or papa, or Grammy, or whatever they may call you. Who knows this day and time? Uh, grandmas and grandpas. And, and then you got all the church family. And they, you know what? You and I. You know, I can play a part in this. When she gets a, a little older, you, you'll just be amazed of, of the children, how they begin to pick up on different ones, even in the church. And, and, and believe it or not, they'll want to copy some, especially the shouters. You know, I've never seen any of our children copy any of those that just kind of come and. <laughs> but they don't make mention of them. Harley don't even know their name, but you get them folks that's up here, and man, if they get to worship God, loving God, and man, they'll start learning them by name. <laughs> they may even, you know, and you may say, yeah, you know, so-and-so. Oh, yeah, that's the one it does. <laughs> and that's good, because that's start, that's, that's a door opening. That's a, a beginning. We don't want our children to be ashamed to love God and worship God. We want them, amen, to feel comfortable here. You know, and uh, we want our children. You know what? And I believe they do. I can tell the way they just conduct and get around. And they don't fear intimidated. They don't fear fearful. Uh, they run up. Most all these children run up to anybody in this church. That says something. All families and all children don't have this opportunity. A door of opportunity. God blessed, bless you, with Allie Claire. And what an opportunity for her to not only be successful in this life, but in that one to come. To be raised in an apostolic church, to be introduced to the truth and the Holy Ghost and the plan of salvation. I'm telling you, that puts them so much further ahead in life. And how to deal with life. That's so we want to persuade them. And persuade our children. Get the Holy Ghost. Get, want it. It's the greatest blessing. The greatest comfort. The greatest help you can get. So we're going to pray here today. And ask God's hand. His mercy and grace. Amen. As we come. Amen. To dedicate. Allie Claire. Into the service of Jesus Christ. Thank you. 
The core you've been involved in one one form or another, five boys. But I can promise you it's gonna be a little different with this little girl. <laughs> Amen. There's nothing like the little girl. But God's gonna bless you. God's gonna bless you, Sister Tara. And our prayer this morning is not only for the physical, but also for the spiritual realm. It's more important. And we're living in a day today, folks, I'm telling you. We've got to have God's help to raise our children in the spiritual admonition that they need to be raised in. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.